before we get started, I, I would be curious, I know we're coming up into November, we'll be uh, celebrating Veterans Day. How many in here today are veterans? Would you raise your hand? Keep them up just so I can count. I'd just be curious to know how many vets we have in our church. Appreciate you guys. Keep them up, all right? One. All right. Amen. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. How many was the Marine Corps? Come on, guys. What do you say? There you go. <laughs> Army? Navy? Air Force? Oh, no. Air Force? Nobody? Coast Guard? So, no Air Force, no Coast Guard. All right. That's how many, uh, anybody in National Guard? Anybody in that? Yeah, you're in that? All right. Well, good. Appreciate all of our vets. And uh, probably have something special that day, too. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, you can take your Bibles. We're, we're going to be moving around uh, again. I'm going to um, probably finish this up today um, dealing with the battle of the mind, and I, I kind of went off on a little bit of a rabbit trail, but not really. I, I hope that what the, the goal has been, and it became far more than what I planned for it to be with the questions, comments that were brought up, but I, I pray that by the understanding of Jesus' resurrection and by the rapture that it comforts our hearts and comforts our minds and helps us to understand the reality that God truly is in charge even when uh, things look crazy. And and uh, I think that now is definitely an appropriate time to to be preaching this. We Look, you need to get out and vote, okay? You need to vote biblically and and. Those that are aligned with the Bible, those are the ones that we need to be supporting, and you, you guys all know that, but get out and do that. These vets that served our country, they, they have, uh, um, many of them have shed blood for our country, and, and one of the wonderful privileges of our country is the elections, and so let's get out and vote. However, I also want to tell you that if, all of our people that we want in and the propositions or amendments or whatever else that comes up, that if, if all of them don't go the way that we want, it's not the end of the world, okay? Well, it might be the end of the world, but it's okay. We're all right, all right? <laughs> it will be okay. And, and so we do our part, and, and we stay in there serving the Lord and, and uh, telling people about Jesus. And walking in a holy way, and, and uh, that never changes no matter what comes uh, in, in the politics of things. And, and so it is important, but most important thing is, is your walk with the Lord, and don't let anything hinder that. And let's make sure that we walk close to the Lord. And I pray that as we have given thought to the rapture and we give thought to the resurrection, that that we, we can truly understand um, that, that God has everything under control and you can be comforted in that, and that, that has been the goal. And so I, I don't want it to frighten people, but if it does frighten you, then ask 
Ask yourself, first of all, ask yourself why it would frighten you, and ask God why. Because maybe God is showing you in your fear that you haven't gotten things right with him, and you played a game, or you believed in some traditions, and and ultimately God's shown you that you need to trust him as your Savior. Get it right with God. Make certain before you walk out of here today, no doubt in your heart, no doubt in your mind, if you were to die today, you would be on your way to heaven. And you can give a Bible reason why that, why that you know that. And so let's make sure of that before you leave today. That, that is, uh, if you were in the doctor's office and the doctor's office told you that, look, I have this pill here and you need to take this once a day and, and uh, it's going to make you okay. And I want you to start today and I want you to take this pill before you leave here today. You're probably going to pop that thing open. You're going to take the pill and do what the doctor tells you. Well, the doctor's telling you, trust Jesus as your Savior. Know for certain that you're on your way to heaven. Get it right. Get it settled today. And uh, uh, you, you will find that, that uh, you have God on your side and, and uh, will give you a peace in your heart and your mind that you've never had before. And so giving thought to the resurrection, and, and I, can't, I, I really can't separate the two, the resurrection and the rapture, because really what, what Christ did in representing that in his resurrection and letting us know that he is coming back to rapture us. Well, that rapture is, is our resurrection, and so uh, it kind of goes together. And uh, as we give thought to the resurrection, it's vital for salvation. We already saw that, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, that is the gospel. When one's faith is in that work, then one has salvation, and it's vital for salvation. But it also validates the sacrifice that Jesus made. But if Jesus would have died and is still dead in that tomb, then Jesus died for his own sins, and, and sin was the curse of death, and he had no ability to do anything about it, and he's still dead. Well, we know that he's not. We know that he rose again, and in doing so, knowing that it validates the sacrifice for the sins of the world. It manifests victory for believers. It, it shows us that we have victory over death. Jesus said, you, you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you understand? You believe that I am the resurrection and the life? You shall never die. Isn't that good to know? We just, we just passed from this earth into eternity and absent from the body, present with the Lord. And, and at that very moment where this old shell of a body gives up, our soul is in heaven with our Savior if we know him as our Savior. So let's make certain of that. It manifests victory for believers, and it verifies the authenticity of the rapture. This is going to happen. It's as sure as Jesus raising from the dead, the rapture of the believer, the rapture of those who are dead in Christ, it's as sure as Jesus raising from the dead. Remember what he said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. He said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain should be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And that, that, I pray, is what we've been doing over the last few weeks, is 
is finding some comfort in the facts that God has shown us in his resurrection and in the facts that the rapture is going to take place. When? I don't know. Just as the ladies sang today, maybe maybe morning, noon, or night. We don't know when it's going to be, but it may be today. It may not be today. It, it may be, I don't, I don't know, God's mercy. It may be 200 years from now. I have no idea. I, I don't see how in the world it can go that long with the way the, the wickedness of the world is turning. And, and God says that in that time, things will wax worse and worse. Well, we're, we're getting pretty crazy in the world, aren't we? And, and we're getting pretty violent in the world. And so uh, we know that it could be uh, today. And so let's live ready and, and let's be ready. I, I uh, riding horses, haven't done that for a while. When I got older, I gave up childish games, guy. And so I'll just let you know that. <laughs> you know, riding, riding with guy, rode a lot covered all kinds of territory, got to see some beautiful, I told him, I said, I'm so thankful for your friendship because I was able to do something that I only dreamed of doing, and I lived a dream, and, and saw some beautiful country, and, and we, were, we were, I don't know, 50-some miles on a dirt road north of Laramie, Wyoming, up on this 10,000-acre ranch, and, and you're, you're riding through the sagebrush, and then we go up into the mountain because we got to push the cows out of the mountain, and you're in the, the quakies, and, and there are elk up there. And uh, sometimes if you jump an elk, the horse doesn't just stand there and, and say, oh, look, it's an elk. Yeah. The uh, horse decides to vacate and go the other direction. And so I, I learned that and, and really, you just have to do this all the time when you're riding a horse. That animal has a brain of his own, okay? It's not a car. It's not going to, you just need to understand that. And I always learned to ride ready. That's what I always said to myself. You just got to ride ready. You, that means that keep your weight in your stirrups all the time, okay? Just like you're in a defensive um, position in basketball or whatever, you keep the weight in your stirrups and and that way, guess what? If the horse jumps six feet sideways, your weight's in your, in your feet, and you're going to go right there with you. Otherwise, if you're just lollygagging along and your feet are hanging up, and that horse is going to jump, you're going to try to wrap it around their fat little belly, and you're going to go, and, and it's over. And so you ride ready. And that's not what we want to happen spiritually, okay? If you're thinking, well, I got time to do these things later, and, and you're just bebopping through life, and, and you got your legs wrapped around that horse, and you think, man, I got things under control, and, and I got all these things happening, and then all of a sudden, here comes the rapture, and guess what? Down you go. Ride ready. Be ready. I, I mean, let's always be ready for when Christ is going to come back. We don't know when that is, but let us be living in a way that is truly honoring and pleasing to God. So, Four things that, that I want us to understand and the reasons for the rapture. Here, here are the four things that I see, and, and there's probably certainly many more reasons, but these are the four that I want to share with you this morning on the reasons for the rapture. First of all, I believe that the rapture is used to demonstrate His power, God's power, to an unsaved world. Whenever we think of this, we know that that this rapture is going to take place, and, and, and we know that it gives the un, and, and 
what it's going to do is give the unsaved world what the unsaved world wants. They want a world without God, and they're going to see it in those next seven years. They're going to see a, a great tribulation, and they're going to see a wickedness poured out upon this world and this earth that they have never, ever seen before. And it tells us here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Look at this. Stay with me, and you'll see what I'm saying. In 2 Thessalonians 2, let's read the first eight verses. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind. So here he's talking also about when we're going to be gathered up, right? That you be not soon shaken in mind. So don't, don't, don't let this shake you up. Don't, don't let that, look, if you know Christ is your Savior, be settled in the promises of God that he will do what he says he will do, okay? And not only shaken in mind, but or be troubled and to be perplexed about what's going on and, and even really uh, having fear in your life about what this, what this means, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter is from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. And this is a command, and he's saying, don't ever let anyone seduce you with lies, ever, okay? And then he says, except there come a following, falling away first. That, that word is apostasy. And it also has the idea of a rebellion. It's an abandonment from the truth. And so whenever we, you think about it, think about it in, in, uh, in, in, our, in our day and age today. I, back in, well, even when, when uh, the pilgrims came over and we, we had uh, a few different denominations that were coming over at the time, but the uh, majority of those that came over were preaching the gospel and people needed to trust Christ as their Savior. And we know that along the way, there were some other denominations that formed. The Methodists came in. The, there was the Presbyterians. There were the Puritans. There were the, the, there were the, the Baptists that were here. I mean, you had all of those. But for the most part, I mean, there were some differences along the way. But for the most part, they were preaching the gospel that you must, by faith, trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior to be saved. And and uh, we know that that was the case in 1600s, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. I was talking to Wes about this this week. It's amazing to me, in, in my mind, what kind of spiritual battle must have been taking place in our country in the 1800s. The 1800s is when you started seeing the cults show up. That's when they formed, where the cults we, we see there that there were many other denominations that, that were formed during the 1800s. You, you see, uh, and, and really that's when you started seeing the, uh, a bunch of different versions of the Bible start showing up. And be careful with that, okay? Just because it says that it's the Bible doesn't mean that it necessarily is. And so be careful with those things. And, and uh, we just stick with the one that's tried and true. And the King James uh, Bible has been around for over 400 years. God has used it for every major revival in, in this country. In those 400 years, why mess with something that you know works? And so just be careful with some of those things. But 
now we get to the point where I, I, I heard Wes and my wife were talking today or this week in the office, and, and I believe it was at the Presbyterian Church with the, were, or uh, had, had decided to do something with uh, the LGBTQ and endorsing the pastors who represented the LGBTQ lifestyle, and they were endorsing that and saying now that all of those things are okay. And so let us be careful. God, look, God tells us that it's man and woman that are to be married. It tells us there are two genders, man and woman. That's all there will ever be. It tells us that homosexuality is an abomination to God. It tells us that bestiality is an abomination to God. It tells us that everything else that we're being told is okay. None of that is okay according to the word of God. And, and we need to understand, if God called it an abomination, even if he called it an abomination in the Old Testament, God still calls it an abomination today. And so it's wrong, and, and the, the offering your children to the fires of Molech, well, what, what are we doing with the abortion issue and, and, and calling it reproductive rights today? Just say, say what it is. You want to murder that baby because that baby is inconvenient for you. Ultimately, that is what it comes down to. And so it is, a, it is murder, and so let us, and praise the Lord if you at one time believe that lie, but you got your heart right. Praise the Lord for God's forgiveness in all of that and restoration. But, but here we see that I say all of that because when we think about except there come a falling away first, well, I would say that we're well on our way to a falling away. Wouldn't, I, I mean, wouldn't we? I, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't even go into... Uh, you know, you used to, you could be driving along and, and I could whip into a Baptist church and know what I was going to hear and, and know what the service, uh, service might be a little different, but you knew you were going to hear from the word of God anymore. You don't do this just like rolling dice. You don't know what you're going to hear anymore in any church today. And so there is a falling away and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. That's the Antichrist. Now, he's going to go on and further show us that, that that man of perdition, the Antichrist, isn't going to come to complete knowledge. Nobody's going to know who he is until we get into the tribulation period. But he could very easily be alive today. And so God, knowing who he is, and, and that man, uh, the devil, is preparing him to go, but... Here we see that the rapture, let's go on for further, and it says, uh, this son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. And so now, and now you know, you understand, you, you stand in close relation to, and, and this is something that you've been taught now, and you understand this, that uh, what withholdeth, what is it that restrains, that holds back, that hinders, that, that puts in check the man of sin? 
What is it that, that keeps that man from taking over the world today? What is it that is still keeping the, the wickedness from truly taking over and running everything today? Well, we're going to see this, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And the mystery of iniquity has the idea of a secret of lawlessness. And so we're, we're wondering here, and, and really, I think most of you would agree with me that over the last, I don't know, it, it seems like over the last four years or so, we have taken like a plunge off the moral cliff. I mean, there's always been battles with morality, and I understand that, but I mean, over the last few years, I had to go back and really give thought, but it has just taken a plunge into immorality and, and the things that are, that are going on, and, and, and the mystery of iniquity doth already work. We see that happening. Only he who now letteth, that word was withholdeth in verse 6, letteth now to restrain, to hold back, to hinder, will let until he be taken out of the way. Who is that? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, of, where, where does, the, does the Holy Spirit just ride waves through the atmosphere and, and travel through the heavenlies right now and, and just looking and watching? No. The Holy Spirit, it tells us that at the very moment when you place faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are baptized by the Holy Spirit of God. One-time action that it tells us you're baptized by the Holy Spirit of God. He indwells you never to leave you for all eternity. So the Holy Spirit now, indwelling in the life of every believer, every believer then walking in the power of the Holy Spirit of God, guess what you're doing? You are standing for righteousness. You're telling people about Jesus. You're showing people this is right, that is wrong, this is the way of God. This is the way we need to go. Don't go this way. Go this way. Turn around and let's walk and let's be what it is that God wants us to be. And so we're doing that today. It is our job. It is our responsibility as believers today not to hide in some closet somewhere, not to hide in your home somewhere and, and just focus on your little group of people that you have but it is your job, your calling, your responsibility, every one of us to get into this world and be telling them, stop the way you're going, turn around and trust Jesus, get things right, and that's not good, that's not good, this is not righteous, that's not honest, this is the way you do it, that's not the way you do it. We are to do those things, we're the ones who restrain evil today. Look, we have a government today that has gone the way of the son of perdition and, and that no longer calls, that they're calling evil good and good evil today. It is our job as believers to continue to stand for what's right, what's biblical, and what the Bible tells us to do. That's our job. Even when the government quits doing that, we need to do that. I mean, I <clears throat> don't even want to get on that, okay? But here we see that, so the unsaved world wants rid of anybody that's telling them, even through their own lifestyle, that the way I'm living, that what you're doing is wrong. They don't want any of that. So God says, okay, all right, we'll remove the one that hinders evil 
And let's just see what happens. And, and I believe that, I, I, and I know that God sends those angels and, and they're going to pronounce the, the judgments. But you know who's going to be doing most of that is, is the demons and the devil himself. Just running wild in this country and running wild in this world and doing everything that is ungodly. And so he'll give them just what they want, no God. But the rapture will be denied even then. Look here in 2 Thessalonians and look at verses 9 through 12. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Isn't it interesting how even in today's society, we, we have all of the, the different kinds of social media that we have. And who in our lifetime would have thought that you would have seen social media platforms ban the president of the United States? I don't, I don't care how, how, how vile or how wicked somebody might think he is. I mean, we have... We have I wonder if the, the, the communist regime of China is banned. I don't believe they are. And, and so, but we, and, and here we have, you know what we're having a picture here of? We're having a picture here of, of exactly what, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, they're going to hide anything that represents anything of the truth. Boy, it's setting it up, isn't it? I mean, with our media, the way it is today, and, and how we, we will determine, you know, the, 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 the little guy sitting there munching on ho-hos and ding-dongs and uh, overweight and, and uh, sitting in his mother's basement in his underwear and deciding what's good and what's right and what he takes off social media and what he leaves on there, and we leave it up to them to decide what's true and what's false. The little fat guy probably just booted us. Go drink your chocolate milk, buddy, and eat your ho-ho. <laughs> and so what does God do? You see, God isn't to be mocked. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie. You know, how in the world, I, I, I keep asking this anyway, I mean, with, with the, you know, you know, scientists telling us that there's 56... And now that's, that's all fluid, too. It was like 52 genders. Now I've heard it's up over 70-some genders. And you've heard some say almost 100 different genders. How do you get that out of two people? That's not science, okay? But, but here, I, I, so I was thinking, all right, you, you got some guy that's out here in, in, the, in the Fort Morgan Cemetery, and he's bebopping along on his mower and going along and just singing a song, thinking all is great. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up in the clouds and says, come up here. The dead in Christ shall rise. Those, this is a bodily resurrection. We already went through that. All of a sudden, those graves are going to explode, and those coffins are going to open up, and the ashes are going to gather together, and, and the dirt that, that the body has seeped back into or whatever, God is going to bring them, and they are going to come up out of the ground, and here's this guy bebopping along, and all of a sudden, this is going to happen. What in the world are you going to think? You should have listened to that froth-at-the-mouth, crazy, white-headed preacher who said, 
get things right, trust Jesus, and live for Him. And you would think that that in this, that there's no way that you would deny that. And, and at that very moment, and I do believe, I do believe that there will be many who, who at that moment will get on their knees and they'll, they'll trust Jesus. And, and it tells us that through the tribulation that there will be as many as the, as the sands of the sea that, that will call on Jesus to be their Savior. Praise the Lord for that, but guess what? You don't get to be a part of the rapture. You're going to go through the tribulation period. However, there are some that teach this, and I'm not necessarily saying that I'm against this, but there are some that say that if you've heard the gospel, and you know the gospel, and you continue to reject the gospel, when that rapture happens, your heart is so far gone that the delusion that God is going to give, you're going to have it, and, and you're going to be so obstinate against God that you're going to be sitting there in a graveyard, and all these, all these graves are going to be wide open, and you're going to deny that it even happened. Oh, I believe that. I believe that. I think our social media will shut everything down. They'll get on there and come out and give their own little lie of what it is, and people will believe that strong delusion because God will give them what it is that they want. The rapture will be denied by the world. Look, they denied his own resurrection. I'm not going to go there for time, but Matthew 27, verses 52 and 53, it tells us that after Jesus rose from the dead, 500 people rose from the grave there in Jerusalem and paraded through the streets. And just like Lazarus, I guarantee you, just like Lazarus, what did they try to do to Lazarus when Christ rose him from, brought him up from the dead? They tried to kill him. Well, they do the same thing to those 500 probably. And then it tells us that those that come back during the tribulation and, and, and we know that there will be those Jewish evangelists that come back. We know that, uh, what is that, 144,000 uh, Jewish evangelists will come back and be preaching the gospel. There will be the two main witnesses that come back and from heaven and they'll be preaching on the streets and telling people that they need to trust Christ. And the only thing they'll try to do is try to kill them, shut them up. Because they want to live their lives without God. And that wrath will come. It'll come to the point where it'll be so devastating that they'll be crying and asking God to let them die. And God will not even let them die. They'll go through the wrath and they'll see that. Oh, the rapture will still be denied by the world. But I'm telling you, as sure as his resurrection took place, it's that sure that the rapture will take place. Are you ready? Are we ready today, if today was the day? You know what it tells us? That not only to demonstrate his power to the unsaved world, but to receive his own. I love this. John 14. You'll see that the rest of these points are short. Okay, So you can breathe. I'll get you out of here on a schedule. Next week, I have, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Next week, if those preachers turn loose, we may be here till 5 o'clock in the evening on Sunday. Uh, it'll be good. But look what Jesus told them in John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So here he's giving them a command, and he's telling them, he says, hey, quit. Stop letting your heart be thrown into confusion. Okay? Don't do that. 
He says, you believe in God, believe in me. Believe also in me. It's a command. And he goes on. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Our daughter, I, I have no idea how she got away with this and didn't get thrown out of the house. She uh, was with a couple of uh, sets of friends yesterday, and they went to visit this this couple, obviously very wealthy, and they had obviously a mansion, and looked like it was older, but it it was gorgeous. I mean, it it was like you walk back in time, and every room had like Victorian furniture in it, and. Uh, uh, oil paintings, uh, you know, original oil paintings all throughout the house, uh, and, you know, dressers, and the beautiful bedroom sets, and my wife looked at, uh, we looked at each other, and our, our thoughts were the same. Who in the world dusts all this stuff? <laughs> I'm serious. I could not imagine I mean, I'd like, if I had that, you just vacuum seal the whole house, you know? Any kind of breeze, zip it up, you know? Uh, I, I, and, you know, I, I thought of that, and, and I thought about how, you know, and, and I, I know nothing about their, I, I don't even know who it was, don't know their names, anything like that. But, you know, I thought that, yeah, that would be neat to have and stuff, but that mansion that we have coming for us is so much better. There won't be any dust, Lloyd. We won't have to mow the grass. Won't that be good? See, Lloyd's one of those. He might have been uh, mowing that cemetery, but all of a sudden that mower is going to be unmanned. Isn't that good? <laughs> good thing it's got a kill switch. <clears throat> but here he tells us. He gives us a word of comfort in verse 1. He gives us a word of encouragement. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He gives you a word of comfort. He gives you a word of encouragement. He gives you a word of excitement. And he makes a statement of fact. He says, look, if I go, I'll come back. And I will get you. Just as he promised those disciples, he promised to every one of us. Trust Jesus. Know him. And so it, the rapture is also to receive his own. We looked at this one already, but uh, and, and uh, i just show you some verses. But third one is to remove believers from his wrath. He tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, 2 Thessalonians 2, 6, and 7 that he has removed us from the wrath to come. The wrath. Think about it. it. It would go against the very character of God if we were to teach that we, we are going to go through the tribulation period. That we are going to go through the, the most horrific time of wrath placed upon unbelievers. It makes absolutely no sense that those of us who have served him faithfully and honorably, that if this was the moment of that time that we are going to go through that wrath, it's against the very character of God. God has told us, he's shown us that everything about Jesus is life. 
Everything about him is life. I mean, he, he wasn't even in the presence of sickness when he walked through a town. Those that came, he healed all, all of those. He healed some by the spoken word. Healed some by touching him. Healed some by the prayers of other believers. I'm, uh, th- that's who Jesus was. He, wrote, he, he brought the dead up from the, uh, up from the grave. Uh, everything about Jesus, those who trust in Jesus, do you believe that you will never die? I mean, everything about him is life, and everything about the, 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 the tribulation period is judgment and death. And so we know that even in the very character, and God says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those of us who know Christ. So let us live and know and understand that he has saved us from that wrath. I find it interesting Whenever you read the book of Revelation and you go through Revelation and chapters 1 starts dealing with some churches and chapter 2 deals with the local churches and the problems that they were having and chapter 3 was dealing with those local churches and the problems that they were having and then when he starts dealing with the tribulation in verse 1 of chapter 4, the church is never mentioned again. Makes sense, doesn't it? church isn't here. We're out of here. Praise the Lord for that. You won't even have to sell your camper, Betty. They can just have it. Well, move on. They can have it all. We won't be here. But the devastation that will come will be horrendous. And so let it compel us to be a witness to others and tell them about Jesus because he removes the believers from the wrath. And then the last thing, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Turn over there with me. I want to read this. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 11 through 15. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's works shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, thereupon he shall receive a reward. If a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, the loss of the works, right, and the reward that we would have for it. Is what he's talking about. But he himself shall be saved, as it says, shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You see, as a believer, when we get raptured, when we come in front of the Lord, it's been settled at the cross, our salvation. When you have placed your faith in Christ as your Savior, your sin debt has been paid in full. But your works of what you have done while you're here on on earth will be judged. What have you done for Jesus? Have Have you trusted him as your Savior and then lived for yourself? You know the day will come when you'll come in front of him and you'll have absolutely nothing to give him. Every work that you have will be burned up. Oh, you'll come into heaven but you sure won't have the rewards that God wants you to have. 
You know what you do with those rewards? It tells us that we'll cast them at his feet because he's worthy. I want to do that. I want to make sure that there's something there that I can give to the one who gave his life for me. And so we lay those crowns at his feet. But it tells us that your works are either going to be, remember what he said there? He said they're either going to be gold, silver, and precious stones, or they're going to be wood, hay, and stubble. Let's make sure that they're of the right ones. And so then it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, turn there and I'll end with this, verses 9 and 10. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Be well-pleasing to our Savior. Be well-pleasing to God. For we, believers, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You ever heard the word bema seat? Well, that's it. Judgment. Judgment seat means bema seat, okay, of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. But then look at the, last, the first part of verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. What do we do? Let us be, let's, let's be comforted. If you know Christ is your Savior, He's coming back to get you just as sure as his own resurrection. He's coming to get us. We're saved from the horrific things that are going to take place. And people are always asking, Pastor, when do you think, you know, what's going to happen? Or are we going to know these or this or that? Or what about the what's going on here or there? I don't know. I don't know if that's part of it or not. All I know is that Jesus said that it could be today and we need to live ready. And so let's live ready. Wouldn't it be good to see Dakota by the end of the day? Wouldn't that be a fantastic day? You know, make sure, make sure you walk into heaven. There's your Savior. There's your loved ones. There's eternity. There's the peace that God wants us to have. Make certain of it before you leave here today. Oh, there's lots of purposes for the rapture, but that's four of them. And what are we going to do when we go with that beam of seed of Christ? What are we going to give our Savior? Well, let's give him a heap of crowns that we have done for him while living here on earth and enjoy the mansion that God has for us. Let's pray. Father, I pray you do a work in our hearts today. Lord, I, I don't know their hearts. I barely know my own. But you know it. You know it better than me. You know their hearts better than themselves. And Father, I pray that you're pricking their hearts right now. Maybe it's a believer that just hasn't been living the way that they should and just been living for themselves and collecting all this junk that's just going to rot away and you just need to work in their heart and you are and showing them that Give that trash up and start living for eternity and have those crowns that they can give to you. Father, I pray that you encourage the hearts of every believer that no one here is walking about fearful but truly excited and just loving you and obedient to you and what they're doing. 
And Father, I pray for those that might be sitting here today and, well, they've just been lying to themselves, they've been lying to you, and they've been lying to all of us. And that, Lord, today they would just quit. Quit the lies and just be honest and truthful to you, themselves, and to us. And Lord, today, no shyness, no pride, only humility. And today they open their hearts and they cry out to you. Lord, I admit that I'm a, sa- I'm a sinner and I know I'm destined for hell. And Father, I know that you died, you sent Jesus and he died on that cross. He was buried and he rose again that third day. I know he has ascended into heaven. I know the work is perfect. And Lord, today I call on you to be my Savior. I trust you with all of my heart. I'm a sinner, and I have absolutely nothing to give to you. But I trust you today to save me and forgive me. Help me, Father, to walk with you. Help me, Lord, to remember this day that I called and trusted on you as my Savior. And bring me in that day, that day of rapture. I'm part of it today. Lord, I pray that someone today in their heart sitting there in their seat prayed and asked you to be their savior saving them from the fires to come and lord let us see those fires and let them burn in our hearts that we'll tell our neighbors we'll tell our children we'll tell our loved ones we'll tell our co-workers we just won't be stopped but we'll just continue to tell people about you And Father, we'll see many more come to trust you as their Savior. Do a work. Do a work that only you can do. Guide us now, Father. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Let's all stand. We're going to sing that first verse. Look, you know what? If you did pray and you asked Christ to be your Savior today, would you come and tell me after service? I have some things I'd like to share with you and give to you as a gift and uh, maybe help you and answer some questions. And I praise the Lord if you did. You meant it in your heart and you prayed and asked Christ to be your Savior today. He saved you. And he'll keep you. And he'll watch over you. And you'll be there on that day when the trumpet sounds. That's all we want. We want to know that you're on your way to heaven. Let's all sing that first verse. Tis so sweet. Tis so sweet to trust. blessing to see everyone out today. Thanks for preaching tonight. Five o'clock, choir